0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Becoming Podcast. I believe this is episode nine. Yeah. So thank you for tuning in yet again. I appreciate you. Uh, I hope y'all are having a great weekend. I hope y'all are safe, healthy, and in a good space. Uh, So last week, I talked about how it's always been hard for me to fully accept myself. I'm very much so in a space where I'm learning to do so now. Accepting how God sees me. Learning not to police myself so much and really learning to love me for me. I'm attempting every day to be more authentic than the last. Which is why I'm not going to shy away from my flaws and mistakes. My journey in becoming is very real. It has a lot of ups and downs, but I trust that God will help me to get through. To continue to progress and walk out this path he has me on. He isn't finished with me. And even in that, it's a balancing act. Like, yes, I'm still a work in progress, but also recognizing that I am special. You know, I I am significant. That I'm actually a good person worth getting to know. That I am worth loving. And I have a lot of love to give. You know, that I'm flawed and will make mistakes, and that's okay. Because I don't have to be perfect to be liked. I don't have to be without flaws to be loved. And it's been a tough wall to break down, you know, because I've always viewed myself as someone who wasn't really lovable or likable because of my flaws, because I felt so out of place. I felt like I wasn't able to truly be accepted if I was my true authentic self. So that led me to being shy, that led me to try to be perfect, that led me to people pleasing. So in this time, God is really changing and transforming me. Allowing me to see that he didn't make a mistake when making me. That he calculated everything when seeing he could use me. That actually, I'm a pretty dope person because of how different, uh, unorthodox, and informal I am. Like, for instance, I went out for drinks and nachos with my coworkers on Friday. We tried to get a table together, but there was a lot of us, there was like eight. People with us, including a coworker whose last day was that Friday. And so because the restaurant was packed, we decided to get two small tables so we could be seated faster. And I went from table to table when we were seated, when we started eating and talking and stuff, I went from table to table talking to everyone and there was a moment where i realized like yo i can really interact with almost everyone like the two tables had different personalities different backgrounds um you know just they just it had two different vibes but i was able to interact with everyone at each table seamlessly And that's something I usually overlook because I'm so focused on me and magnifying what's wrong with me that I miss the great things God put in me. And I feel like some of us can relate. We spend so much time focusing on our flaws. We magnify what is wrong with us so much that we miss what we have going on for us, that we miss the great qualities we were blessed with. One, because our focus is off we're focusing on the wrong thing, and two, because of the choices we make because of what we focus on. There's a saying I've heard from a few people, where our focus goes, our energy flows. Think about it. How do you feel after focusing so much on a bill being late to be paid? How do you feel when you think about an assignment you miss, dropping the ball on a project, constantly thinking about that thing you said that you wish you didn't say? probably feel pretty shitty. (laughs) You probably don't feel the best. And from there, that feeling has a major influence on what you decide to do. You stress, you feel low or anxious, then you stress eat. You feel happy. You're on a natural high. You're excited, so you do something that continues that happiness. Or at least you try to, right? (laughs) Your thoughts affect your feelings, which affect your actions. And... I've been taking some courses I've been reading, I've been researching because I want to become a life coach and a licensed professional counselor. And I learn what we think about consciously and subconsciously affect our feelings, which then affects our actions. That's why it's so important for our minds to be renewed, as it says in Romans 12. That's why it's so important to think about what is praiseworthy as it says in Philippians 8 that's why it's so important to have our mindset on things of the spirit as it says in Romans 868 8. our minds are so powerful our thoughts and beliefs are so powerful cuz think about it what does it take for us to be saved right in Romans 109 it says if you confess with your mouth Jesus is lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you'll be saved our faith is generated from our belief, which allows us to receive grace through which we obtain salvation. God knows the power of our, God knows the power of belief. God knows the power of our mind. I mean, obviously he created us, right? But but when you read the Bible, there are many scriptures pertaining to the mind. From scriptures reminding us what to focus on, to stories about how wrong focus Or having right focus can make us more powerful in the body of Christ. So today, I'm going to share a story about how having wrong focus can lead to us ruining ourselves. How wrong focus can lead to bad decisions. It's the story of Saul becoming king and how he messed that all up. (laughs) He he ruined himself. In the book of 1 Samuel, Saul meets Samuel in chapter 9. Because the Israelites were demanding... They have a king. Samuel was tasked by God to appoint a king for them. And they only wanted a king because they wanted to be like other nations. And even here, you can see how wrong focus could bring about wrong decisions. Because in their decision to have a king, they were indirectly rejecting their true king. And because Samuel was getting old and on his way out, (laughs) they really didn't respect what this dude had to say anymore. So when Samuel went to pray to God about what they wanted, in First Samuel verse seven it reads, "But the Lord told him, him being Samuel, listen to the people in everything they say to you. They have not rejected you; they have rejected me as their king. They didn't realize they were rejecting God. They were only focused on what they wanted. They were only focused." on trying to be like other nations, that they took their focus off of God and placed it solely on what they wanted because they thought that would be best for them. Like God was the one that freed them from the Egyptians and took care of them while they were in the wilderness. right? The one who blessed and watched over them even though they were disobedient and unfaithful. And it's funny how wanting what others have can lead us to spaces and places we weren't supposed to be. Because again, wrong focus leads to wrong choices. But God ended up revealing to Samuel who their king would be. It was Saul. But even in the beginning, you could see homie's mindset was a little suspect. Saul met Samuel because he, Saul, was in search of donkeys that went missing with his servant. His servant came up with the idea after a while to help them find the donkeys. In verse 7 of 1 Samuel chapter 9, Look, the servant said, There's a man of God in this city who is highly respected. Everything he says is sure to come true. Let's go there now. Maybe he'll tell us which way we should go. And that man of God was the homie Samuel. When they both met each other, they get to talking and in, in verse 20, Samuel goes, as for the donkeys that wandered away from you three days ago, don't worry about them because they've been found. And who does all Israel desire, but you and all your father's family. And then Saul responds in verse 21, am I not a Benjaminite from the smallest of Israel's tribes? And isn't my clan the least important of all the clans of the Benjaminite tribe? So why are you, so why have you said something like this to me? You see, he already didn't think of himself as much because of where he came from and who he was associated with. I and probably a few other people can definitely relate, especially in how we talk to God because of our background, we what we've done, where we currently are or the family we have, we limit ourselves. Our limiting beliefs usually stem from what you've been accustomed to. Cuz when you hear Saul, he's just like, "Yo, like I'm part of the smallest tribe. Like I'm part of the least important." And he's been accustomed to that. He's been accustomed to feeling small, feeling insignificant, because of where he's from, because of how other people have perceived his tribe to be. And so he doesn't really think too highly of himself. And is that you? Like, when you look at what you've been accustomed to in your family, in your upbringing, are you limiting yourself based off of what your family has not been able to do? Do you not see yourself as owning your own business because your family has never done that before? Do you not see yourself making more than what your family has been able to make up until now? Like, do you limit yourself based off of what you've been accustomed to in your upbringing, in your family, your friends, where you are? Like, do you limit yourself off of all those things? Because that right there will always be a hindrance if you are not willing to believe that you are capable of great things. If you do not allow yourself to think outside of what you've been accustomed to, thinking outside your comfort zone, believing that with God, anything is possible, believing that he placed great things inside of you. Because this story, like Saul was just trying to find his donkeys, right? (laughs) Like Saul comes from a small tribe right he doesn't really have anything going for him right now but god still chose him to be king so to continue with this story i'm going to skip a couple of chapters i'm going to go from chapter 9 in first samuel to chapter 13 but i really advise any one of you to read 10 11 and 12. those are really dope chapters you'll get a lot from them so in chapter 13 Saul is king, and according to scripture, he reigned over Israel for 42 years. In chapter 13, we find Saul about to do something so stupid, (laughs) like dumb, like his decision is about to be trash, like really stupid, right? He is about to ruin himself because of fear. So the Israelites are going at it with the Philistines, right? And the Philistines are squatted it up. Like, they are are rolling deep. They got 3,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and troops as numerous as the sand on the seashore. First of all, (laughs) if I'm an Israelite soldier and I see this ish, (laughs) I'm like, (coughs) damn, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I I think I'm coming down with something. Think I'm coming down with something. I don't know how bad. I don't know how bad this is. So I should probably head back. I ain't, I ain't trying to get nobody sick. Like you know what I'm saying. Like I'm, I'm trying to get up out of there. And the Philistines showed up how they did, cause Saul's son Jonathan and the men he had with him rocked the Philistine garrison in Gibeah. I feel like I think that's how you pronounce it. So word got back to the Philistines, and now they're ready to fight. Because they big mad right now. So Saul and his boys got scared. They got so scared they hid in caves and thickets among rocks and in holes and cisterns. In verse 7 of chapter 13, it said, Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. (laughs) Like... They was like, Saul, we rock with you, but not that hard. Like, we don't rock with you that heavy, bro. So we about to, <laughs> just, let me just slide on. Like, I'll just see y'all later. <laughs> so, tell me how it goes. Right? And it's funny because the Israelites were so excited to get a king. Right? Remember, like, they were so focused on getting what they wanted, but still ended up responding to opposition like this. It's crazy, like we can pray for things like they'll solve our problems and God will allow us to have them only to show us what we were putting our faith in by asking for it, wasn't it? (laughs) Because this is where it all goes down for Saul. Because Saul is scared and his men are deserting him. He makes an impulsive move. I'm going to read from verse 8. To verse 14. In chapter 13. Of first Samuel. He. Saul. Waited. Seven days for the appointed time that Samuel had set up. But Samuel didn't come to Gilgal. And the troops were deserting him. So Saul said. Bring me the burnt offering. And the fellowship offerings. Then he offered the burnt offering. Just as he finished offering the burnt offering. Saul. Saul. Uh, Samuel arrived. So Saul went out to greet him. And Samuel asked, what have you done? Saul answered, when I saw the troops were deserting me, and you didn't come within the appointed days, and the Philistines were gathering at uh, Michmash, I think I uh at Mash, right? I'm just saying that. Uh, I thought the Philistines will now descend on me at Gilgal, and I haven't sought the Lord's favor. So I forced myself to offer the burnt offering. Samuel said to Saul, you have been foolish. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. It was at this time the Lord would have permanently established your reign over Israel. But now your reign will not endure. The Lord has found a man after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him as ruler over his people because you have not done what the Lord commanded. And just like that, homie ruined himself. (laughs) Was it? Congratulations. You played yourself. (laughs) right? Like all because his focus was off. He was so focused on the fear he faced, and that fear came from his belief. He believed in the danger he thought he was under. He focused on the fact that his troops were leaving and that he needed to make something happen or else he was going to die. He feared dying over fearing God. He couldn't wait because he was only focused on himself. He said himself, the Philistines will now descend on me at Gilgal, and I haven't sought the Lord's favor. So I forced myself to offer the burnt offering. And who hasn't been in a situation where they made an impulsive decision because of what was at stake? How did you feel? What were you thinking? You're probably thinking of what you can lose, which brought fear, feeling, which resulted in an impulsive decision, action. Our wrong focus brings wrong action. Look at the Israelites when they demanded a king. They wanted to be like everyone else, which was their focus, which brought angst so they didn't listen to wisdom or reason, feeling, which resulted in them accepting a king and rejecting God, action. There is power in how we think, which is why we need to believe God, why we need to rely not on our own understanding, but trust in God. Our focus need not be so much on our situation that we forget who we are in Christ. We lose sight of our power when we magnify our problems. If only Saul had waited a bit longer. If only he had a bit more patience, more faith. If he had made a different decision, his life would look a lot different. Our actions lead to certain consequences, good or bad, and it depends a lot on where our focus is at first. Because our thoughts directly affects how we feel, which then has a major influence on what we do. See, Saul didn't lose what was supposed to be his, what was rightfully his, because he was afraid, but because of what he ultimately decided to do out of fear. God, I believe, tells us not to fear mainly because of what it will lead to, not necessarily because fear itself is a sin. Fear in of itself isn't evil, but it can lead to evil. Fear can be used by the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. And we all feel fear at some point, but because of who we serve, how does our fear serve us? We need not fear because with God, all things are possible. He gave us everything we need to live and to serve him. And to not forget other feelings like anger and sadness, right? Like the word says in our anger, do not sin. Anger in of itself is not bad. But it can lead to bad decisions. Because where our focus goes, our energy flows. If we have the wrong focus, bad decisions usually follow. But yeah, that's all I got for today. Um, Thank you for listening. I hope you got something out of this. Um, I hope you got something out of this that you can take and use in your everyday life. And helping your relationship with God. So until next time, be light, be love, you legit. Peace.